The America's National Parks podcast is sponsored by L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean believes the more time you spend outside together, the better. That's why they design products that make it easier to take longer walks, have deeper talks, and never worry about the weather. Discover clothing, outerwear, footwear, and gear made for every type of adventure with the outside built right in. Because on the inside, we are all outsiders. Be an outsider with L.L. Bean. The United States can roughly be divided into seven different geographic regions, four of which, the coastal plains of the Southeast, the interior lowlands of the Midwest, the Great Plains down the center, and the basin and ridge region of the West, all converge in one state, Texas. The shape of the southwestern edge of Texas is carved by the Rio Grande River as it tranquilly flows, bringing life to some of the most remote regions of the country. It's along the Basin and Ridge region where the Rio takes a giant turn to the north, a big bend, creating the heel in Texas's shape. The Rio Grande represents something else though, it's the border between the United States and Mexico. And at a border crossing, one man welcomed Americans to our southern neighbor through songs that floated among the canyon. On this episode of America's National Parks, the singing man Abokias and Big Bend National Park. Here's Abigail Trebu. After visiting the Mexican border village of Boquillas on the Rio Grande, just across the Mexican border at Big Bend National Park, Texas singer-songwriter Robert Earl Keane wrote the song, Gringo Honeymoon. We took a rowboat, crossed the Rio Grande. Captain Pablo was our guide. For two dollars and a weathered hand, he rowed us to the other side. It's very possible that Victor Valdez could have been the man Keene was referring to as Captain Pablo. For 24 years, Valdez rode a boat across an informal border crossing, leading American citizens to visit our southern neighbors. The seven-minute boat ride was the easiest of U.S.-Mexico border crossings. With no agents, no traffic, no lines, no documentation, just a tip for the boat captain. The village is several hours drive from the nearest Mexican city. 
having grown from a mining operation that sent silver, lead, and other mineral ores from the Sierra del Carmen Mountains across the Rio Grande for distribution by train. It boasted a population of more than 2,000 in the early 1900s, but quickly diminished when the mining stopped. Now, just two to 300 citizens call Boquillas home, and Big Bend National Park is all that keeps it alive. At the time that Big Bend was established in the 1930s, President Roosevelt was interested in creating an international peace park joining the regions, but the plan never came to fruition. Nature finds its way, though, and the informal border crossing to Boquillas linked Big Bend with natural protected areas on the Mexican side of the border. The crossing, of course, was illegal without an official port of entry, but Americans visiting the remote wanders of Big Bend came and crossed to reach the beauty of Mexico's nature sanctuaries or to enjoy cheap tequila shots and tacos. The people of Boquillas would cross to buy fresh groceries from Big Bend's Rio Grande Village convenience store and to visit friends in nearby towns. Officials had no interest in enforcing the crossing, though, and rangers encouraged visits to Boquillas, treating it as almost an annex of the park. The park even employed citizens from the town as firefighters. They were called Los Diablos, and were so effective that they were sent to fight the California wildfires in 1999. Park visitors would walk to the riverbank where Mexican boatmen like Victor Valdez waited to take them across for a small fee. Trucks, horses, and burros would then take them on the one-mile journey into town. Valdez served as a boatman for 24 years. There were many boatmen, but Victor was well known for his enthusiasm and for his serenades. He would sing his charming rendition of Cielito Lindo for his passengers as they slowly rowed across the river. During the busy times of year, Christmas, Thanksgiving, and spring break, he could make as much as $300 a day. But everything changed on September 11th. 2001. The year after the 9-11 attacks, the federal government began enforcing the crossing Boquillas was effectively closed off from civilization and the tourism economy that kept it alive. Food, gasoline, mail, and friends all had previously come from the U.S. and were now entirely cut off. At first, Victor and other villagers squeaked out a meager living selling walking sticks, painted rocks, and other crafts to Americans still walking the Boquillas Canyon Trail, but law enforcement quickly began to crack down on any sort of commercial activity. So Victor, cunning enough, and even encouraged by Big Bend Rangers, turned to his other talent, his singing voice. 
Every day, he and a couple of friends from town would make a mile-long walk through the desert brush and reeds to the river. They built a small shack, and they sat and waited with binoculars, on the lookout for hikers making their way over the mountaintop in America. When one appeared, he would begin to stretch his vibrant tenor, permeating the canyon as if invisible borders could not contain him. Victor was working for tips, but no longer were thousands of people visiting the canyon. Jars were set along the water's edge, and sometimes he would make as little as $5 a day. Some hikers would wade halfway in the water to meet him and shake hands over the invisible line. Victor used the money to care for a 94-year-old man, his disabled niece, and his wife, who lived in another town searching for work. Many residents left town, but Victor had lived in Bokias all his 56 years and didn't want to leave. People loved his singing, and Victor's presence was more important than he would know. He was more than just a peaceful complement to hikers' journeys. He kept the link between Bokias and Big Bend alive. Word spread of the singing man of Bokias or the singing Mexican, and Victor became popular. People traveled to the canyon just to hear his voice. All the while, unbeknownst to him, the U.S. and Mexican governments were working on formalizing and reopening the border crossing. But the remote location was hardly anything that either government wanted to spend much money on. After nearly a decade of behind-the-scenes reviews and negotiations, the National Park Service, along with the U.S. Customs and Border Patrol, opened a digital port of entry in 2013. It's essentially a kiosk, where visitors scan their passports and converse remotely with a Customs and Border Protection agent more than 300 miles away in El Paso. It's still a bit of an honor system, but people can now cross the border quickly, and for the first time, legally. The boats were launched once more, along with the trucks and the horses and the donkeys. The bar and restaurant reopened. We now hope for better days, said Valdez. One year later, Boquias's population rebounded by 30% as tourism began to recover. Victor Valdez was no longer singing to a few hikers. He was again singing to boatloads of visitors, though now he left the rowing to his son. Bokias opened a new kindergarten, a clinic, and a second restaurant. And for the first time, electricity flowed through the city with a World Bank-financed solar grid. Street lights, refrigeration, TV, and kitchen appliances became a part of life for residents, 130 years after the light bulb was invented. The relationship between Big Bend National Park and Bokias is now viewed as a model for other border towns. Victor Valdez died on August 10th 
2016 at the age of 65. Word of his passing from a heart attack spread far and wide through the West Texas border communities and nationwide, ensuring that the legacy of the singing man of Bochius would live on. Big Bend National Park is comprised of 1,252 square miles of land, making it larger than the state of Rhode Island. The night skies are dark as coal, lit up by millions of diamond stars in the temple-like canyons carved by rivers into the ancient limestone. There's plenty to do for visitors of all ages. You can take scenic drives, biking tours, and river floats, or hike along the 150 miles of trails, skirting rivers and snaking through the mountainous desert terrain. 1,200 species of plants and 450 species of birds call Big Bend home. And the geology dates back millions of years. And of course, you can cross the border and visit the fine people of Bokias. This episode of America's National Parks was written by me, Jason Epperson, and narrated by Abigail Trebu. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search National Park Podcast. You can also join our new America's National Parks Facebook group. We'll link to all our social media in the show notes at nationalparkpodcast.com. If you're interested in RV travel, give us a listen over at the RV Miles Podcast. You can also follow Abigail and I as we travel the country in our converted school bus with our three boys at OurWanderingFamily.com. This land is your land. This land is my land. From California to the New York Island. From the Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters. This land was made for you and me.
Today's show was sponsored by L.L. Bean. Follow the hashtag BeAnOutsider and visit LLBean.com to find great gear for exploring the national parks.